morning and just invite the Holy Spirit here to be with us. Lord, we thank you today and we worship you. Come be with us today. We are your people and we simply believe. Lord, Lord, we haven't worked it all out. We're still figuring it out. We're still growing and, and coming into revelation of who you are, but we do start with the place that we believe. Lord, we come together in, in your house today to worship and spend time in your word to fellowship with one another. We do so in your name that all the glory goes to you, that we're a people becoming like you in all things. And Lord, we thank you for that. So as we enter into praise and worship today, Lord, we do it with all of our hearts. Everything that we are, our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength, our body, we worship you today. You are God and there is no other. In Jesus' name, let's worship together today. 
I've got nothing new 
truth see your goodness all around us if we'll just open our eyes and see your goodness is everywhere and your goodness is so wrapped up in our lives Lord I pray that we see it for you are wonderful you are faithful Lord there is none like you nobody could do the things that you do you're irreplaceable Lord we need you oh Jesus oh Jesus we worship you just speak some praise out to him let's, let's all worship him for a moment we praise you Jesus and we worship you Oh, Lord. But our hearts are for you. For you are good. You are always good. For the things you do for us are good. Your desires for us are good. And we praise you, Jesus. Thank you for looking out for us. So often we don't know it, so often we don't see it, so often we don't understand. Thank you. That you're working in ways that are higher than our understanding, for you are wise. For who can attain the knowledge that you have? We praise you today. Lord, we're a people after your heart. Lord, we want to know you. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Speak some praise out to him. From, from your heart, overflow of your heart. Oh, Jesus. So wonderful. So incredible. So powerful. You sustain things from the beginning to the end.
Ouch. Isn't he good? Isn't God good? Amen. Have another time. Isn't God good? Amen. Do you understand that he's always working more than you know? He's always much more involved than you can comprehend. And he's working his way. He's weaving his mercy and his grace throughout your life in, in ways that Maybe sometimes looking back, you'll be able to see, but I think a lot of ways we'll never see how much he was involved. You know that? Why? Because he's good and he's faithful. Amen? Amen. All right, how about this? For a couple moments, why don't you go tell some other people how good God is to you, all right? It's good to have you today. We'll be taking up offering in just a moment, but greet people in the house. Live streamers, it's good to have you wherever you're watching from. Blessings on you today. Uh, say hi on the platform you're watching on. We'll be back with you in just a moment. Well, amen. Good to have you this morning. Uh, tithe and offering, if you have something to give, you can pair that. Offering envelopes are in the seats in front of you. If not, wave your hand around. Mike has offering envelopes. Oh, he also has prayer cards, by the way. And uh, let me just say something about that. These, oh, this is a praise one. Uh, let's see. The prayer one. Let me, give me a prayer one, Mike. 
These, these two cards are, are very important to me. Very important because A, we want to join with you in prayer for things you have need of in your life, and B, we want to hear the praise reports of the things we pray about. So these are on the back table. So pick these up, fill these out, give them to me. Uh, we're constantly in prayer for you and certainly love to report praise when it happens. So uh, make sure you grab those and, and fill those out and get them to an usher or get them to me. Uh, and as, as you're filling out your tithe and offering and preparing that, again, we appreciate your giving, your faithfulness. It is so important to us. Um, and not just so money's coming to the house, but what, be, what we know that God does with what comes into the house. Amen. And I, I believe that God multiplies in so many different ways. Uh, the things that we do in response to him and our giving is a part of that. That all the things you see happening in our church uh, are a result of your giving. Amen. All right, so let me pray over it. If you have something, you can bring it this morning. Lord, we thank you uh, to be together this morning in worship. And we continue our worship this morning in our giving. And, and our, our understanding of bringing tithe to the storehouse and the offerings of the things you put upon our heart, Lord, that we're living in obedience to the direction and the leading of our lives, Lord, in such a way, Lord, that we're not just doing things, but we're growing and we're learning and we're becoming. And I thank you for that. So blessings uh, on the giving that comes into the house today, Lord, that you do far and above anything we can understand with what comes in and we thank you for that in jesus name and everybody says amen so if you have something bring it obviously looking around the house a little bit today i've i've deemed this sunday vacation sunday because uh several families are out vacationing today so pray for them a lot of people are in florida and doing stuff so pray as they travel my family my wife uh hope and my son ryan they're all in uh nashville tennessee today my son gavin He's a young adult pastor at a church that he's at, and for the very first time, he's sharing the word to the main house today. So they decided to go and, and listen to him, and uh, they're, they're an hour behind us on where they're at in Tennessee, so uh, their service is getting going in about half an hour. So I'll, I'll check in the live stream later and see how he does, and, and I'm sure it will be good, and God filled, and God blessed. Amen. So anyways, that's where everybody's at, but we're here, and that's okay, right? And we still have church, and, and uh, I believe God is with us this morning. Worship was so good, and uh, we appreciate the team and, and the effort they put in. Okay, so uh, some announcements real quick. Don't forget, uh, coming up uh, near future church picnics, July 30th after church. You bring uh, side dishes and desserts to share. We'll provide the main meal. We'll be at the, the Urbana Park like we were, uh, I think it was last year or the year before that. So right after church that day, we'll head over there. By the way, that day is a, a one big family Sunday, so all the kids will be with us for the main service. Then we'll head over for the church picnic, July the 30th. Also, don't forget uh, the school supplies. So just like we did last year, we want to bless the families of our church uh, with school supplies for their kids for the upcoming school year. So if you're interested in helping out with that, and so many of you did last year, and, and we appreciate that, back in the back there, there is a, a crate with a, a list on of things we're looking for. Go ahead and start bringing that stuff in and putting it there, and right before school we'll divide it up amongst the uh, young people in our church. Uh, then also on the back table back there is we have coming up uh, the day after the church picnic, July 31st, 
all that week through Friday, August the 4th, we have what we call Serve Week, something new that we're doing this year. And every night, including Wednesday night, by the way, we're going to get out into our community and do some things that we would consider serving our community. So back at the back table, there's a sign-up sheet for things that are happening each night. Uh, like the first night, uh, we're actually going to be uh, going door-to-door -door and just introducing ourselves and asking for prayer and, and uh, inviting them to church. Uh, so that's first night. Second night, we're going to hit some laundromats and go out and pay for some laundry for some people and, and uh, ask for prayer requests at, at laundromat. So different things throughout the week. So if you're interested in helping any of those nights, please sign up back there. That way I know who's going to be involved and we know how to plan for everything that we're doing. So that's Serve Week, again, July 31st through August 4th. And you might ask, well, you said every night, what about Wednesday? Well, everybody who shows up to church Wednesday... We're going to do some teaching on prayer, then we're going to get out in the streets and, and, and pray in our community. That's what we're going to do that Wednesday night for church. So lots of things happening that week, uh, and we just don't want to be a church that stays in the church, but we want to get outside our church and do things in our community, and that's what Serve Week is all about. So anyway, sign up at the back table for those things. And of course, uh, coming up in August, kicking our small groups back off. Monday night prayer kicks back off, so a lot of things are ramping back up in August, so more details about all that stuff coming soon. All right, well, having said that, if you got your Bible, get it out. I hope you bring your Bible to church. I know we put the verses on the screen, but I'd love for you to bring your Bible uh, with you. And if you have it, John chapter number 15. And this is the text that we're going to be in over the next three Sundays. John chapter 15. And in the book of John, we call, we, we have what are called, I say we call, but we have what are called the great I am statements of Jesus. There, there's the seven great I am statements and there's the seven signs in the gospel of John. Um, of course, the great I am statements are I am the bread of life, I'm the light of the world, I'm the gate for the sheep, I'm the good shepherd. I'm the resurrection and the life. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And, and the one we're going to be focusing on over the next three weeks, he says, I am the true vine. So the seven great uh, I am statements of Jesus, these are great statements of revelation. Jesus saying things about himself to sort of begin to paint a picture of who he is in one way, uh, letting them know that he is the fulfillment of the story of Israel and all those statements connect back into the history of Israel, but that he gathers all of that into himself, that he is the fulfillment and life in him is what is there moving forward. The great I am statements. Now, leading up to John chapter 15, where in this passage we're going to read in just a moment, um, this is right as he's going into his betrayal and his crucifixion. So, so you have events happening, like he, he washes the disciples' feet, right? Um, he does things like uh, comforting the disciples. He promises the coming of the Holy Spirit. Uh, he lets them know that, yeah, yeah, you're going to have some grief, but it's going to turn into joy. Uh, he prays for them, prays for all those that will believe. So events that are happening, and in the midst of all these events happening right before his betrayal and his arrest and his crucifixion, this great I am statement and some things about it are found in John chapter 15. So let's go there and let's, let's read this. 
John chapter 15 and verse number 1. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser, or he, he's the gardener. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may be more fruitful. See, already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. And whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. And if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to me my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. And if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. And these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. And this is my commandment, that you love one another as I loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. And you are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruits and that your fruits should abide or, your, or that your fruit for, should last. That whatever you ask in my Father's name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, that you will love one another. Well, there's a lot there. But, but I want to kind of start with the end real quick and, and just throw something out to you. In, in verse uh, 14 and 15, he says, you're no longer servants, but I'm, I'm going to call you my friends. And what he's getting at here, I, I think, is important because I really want you to grasp this. See, a servant only does what they're told to do. And a lot of times, just doing what you're told to do, you're sort of missing the why behind the what. You're just doing the what, Right? But Jesus wants us not to be people who just do what we're told to do, and you should because we serve him. But to be a friend is, is to actually know the heart of the one that we serve. So we're not just doing things because we know we're supposed to do them, we're asked to do them, but we catch the heart of the matter behind why we do what we do, and that's very important. 
Don't just try to be a servant, but live in a certain way that Jesus is talking, the friendship of God, that you know the heart of the Father. See what I'm getting at. Because when you start to know the why behind the what, the what takes on a different perspective. And doing the what comes naturally easier because you know the why. See what I'm getting at. I think so often we simply just try to do the best thing we're, that we know we're supposed to do, and sometimes that can get hard. But if you're in communion, abiding as Jesus is saying, you and him and he and you abiding in his words, you'll start to catch a different perspective on the what. When that happens, everything changes. Because when you see some of the things that may naturally be harder for you to live out and, and just do, those things aren't necessarily so hard anymore because you're catching his heart. You see what I'm getting at? So what Jesus is saying here, this whole abiding and him being the vine and the branches, it's about catching his heart because when you have his heart, the things that you produce will come with the understanding or at least some level of understanding of the nature of God and why this is necessary, why it's needed, and even why it's possible. And that's important. How many of you guys remember when you were uh, kids in kids' church? Maybe this is a long time ago thing. The song, he, he is divine, we are the branches, the banner over me is love. How many remember that? Anybody know that song? I was trying to think of the motions the other day, but I couldn't remember. Anybody remember the motion to the song? I don't, I don't know. He's divine. We're the branches. I, I don't remember. Anyways, I always remember uh, kids' church that they would sing these songs, and they would want you to do the motion to the songs, like this song, uh, and, and I hated it. I was the rebellious kid. Quit trying to make me do the stupid motions. I don't know what I'm talking about. Then you always have that one kids' church leader that would come over and grab your arms and make you do the motions, you know what I'm talking about? In my little mind, I was always thinking, you wait till I get older and bigger, I'm going to pound you. That's what I always was thinking when they are moving my arms around, you know. But I always remember that song, He is divine, we are the branches, his banner over me is love. Well, they draw it from this passage of Scripture. So I want you to catch some things about what Jesus is saying here, and it ends up with being what Jesus is describing here as fruitful. And what does that mean? See, Kelly, throw, throw us that first slide up. I, I want you to start catching this here. See, you have life, and you are cared for. That life is new life, and that care is ongoing care. And the goal of the whole thing is fruitfulness. Fruitfulness is the goal. Okay, so you have new life. And who is your new life? Jesus. Jesus is the vine from which we draw the source of life. Because as the other great I am statement that he makes before this one, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And nobody comes to the Father except by me. Jesus is the source. He grants you in grace and mercy and forgiveness brand new life. By the way, the thing about that life is 
in amazing ways that he can take something that's absolutely stark dead and bring it to life. That's amazing. But not only do you have new life in Jesus, but as Jesus says here that, that his father or God is the vine dresser or he is the gardener. So not only are you given new life, which you have, right? But now you're also cared for. And you need to let that grab your mind a little bit because it'll sink down in your heart. You haven't been given new life and left to yourself. You've been given new life. And now the gardener, the wonderful gardener, the creator gardener is in charge of your care. Amazing. And let me, let me tell you how good the gardener is. He's the one that made this whole thing. <laughs> That's how good he is. He, he speaks and things come into existence. Listen, he just says a word and life happens. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if you had that power? That'd be dangerous, wouldn't it? You think it would be good, but I wouldn't want anybody to have that. You know what would happen to me? And this, this, I promise this is what I would do. This is the thing I would use it most for, most likely. It's a very shallow thought. Okay, just put it that way. Chocolate milkshake. Always. That's exactly what would happen to me, constantly. I'm, I'm chocolate milkshake. I, I would just be drinking milkshakes all the time. It's my favorite thing in the world. I just was transparent to you. My favorite thing in the world is a chocolate milkshake. And if I could speak things into existence, and how many know it would turn into some trouble for me? You know what I'm talking about? That's the kind of power that God has, that he can speak something into existence. Now, that, that milkshake is an inanimate object. It's not alive, but he can speak and make life you. Trees, grass, things that grow. That is the gardener that has care over you. I want to tell you something. He knows what he's doing. He not only is the source of life in the work in the Trinity we see here, the source of life, but he's the best care for that life. I, I, I tell you a lot of stories about my garden, okay? I know I do. I, I do my best attempts. I'm not the best gardener out there. I wish I had more knowledge. My, my grandfather was a farmer. I wish I had gleaned from his knowledge. I wish I did that. God is the great master gardener. And that gardener has care for your life. So when you have new life, source life, constant source of life, and the great master gardener that's taking care of you, the goal is fruitfulness. Amen. That's what God is after. And it's not just, you think, fruitfulness in, in a certain way, a fruit, but fruitfulness, listen, in all facets, in all areas of your life. Realize you can be sort of pious in one area and dead in another area, you know that? He's after the whole thing. He's after fruitfulness in all areas of your life. So I, I have some fruit up here. 
obvious. By the way, I, I just stopped by one. I'm just going to throw this out. This has nothing to do with my message. Make you think a little bit. I picked this up for like three bucks. Bag of chips cost like six. Just saying. Anyway, throw that out to you. A little more healthy right here than that bag of chips that's twice the cost of what's up here. Anyways, just throwing it out. Little, little thought for your, your mind. All right, anyways. Fruitfulness is the goal. This apple that I'm holding here, look, it's tangible. It's visible. It's there. It's real. See, fruit that comes forth from your life, it is an inward thing that's happening that produces an outward, tangible way of life. And it's just as noticeable as the apple that's in my hand that you see right here. In other words, long term, it's hard to fake this. Hard to fake this. Because eventually what's really happening in you will show up out here. Either with fruitfulness or with nothing growing. See, see, that's the process. You understand. In terms of the kingdom of God, if you want to know how the kingdom works, study a farmer. Study things that grow. That's the kingdom of God. And in terms of what Jesus is saying here, in terms of the kingdom, either something is growing or it is not. There's not much in between. You're in the process of growing things or there's a process of nothing happening. In other words, it's dead. And there's nothing in between. You realize from the source of life in the first moments of salvation, you are set up now to grow something. And it may not be evident right away, but you will be in the process of growing fruits. Fruit in keeping with being his disciples. Or, there's no growth happening at all. And there's no in-between on this. To, to the stark point that Jesus says, if you're not growing something, you're actually cut off, eventually to be gathered up and burned. And, and you know the uh, analogy of what that's headed towards, Right? So when you have the source of life and you have the great care of the great gardener, the goal is to grow fruits. That's the goal. The life here and now should somehow, some way in time, produce evidence that my source of life is Jesus and that there is a gardener taking care of me. And it'll show up. And the thing about this fruit is, it's not anything that, uh, it's not anything you can force. It's not anything you can demand. But it is the natural outgrowth of abiding in Jesus, the vine, and living within the care of the great gardener, which is God. See, this fruit is the evidence 
that you are connected to the vine and that there's care happening in your life. By the way, care which you allow. So when Jesus was talking here, do you notice uh, he says that the gardener, the vine dresser, will at times prune the branch. And we're going to talk about that in a couple of weeks, what that means. In other words, that God's activity or the work of the Holy Spirit in your life is something that you welcome and allow to happen and don't cut off. Even when he's pruning you. The Bible says he disciplines those that he loves. We'll talk about that. Because he's after fruitfulness. This is important. Why? It's our witness. It's who we are. You can't fake it. The Bible says you know a tree by its fruit. So, obviously an apple. You can tell it's an apple. But it's not connected to the tree right here, so it's just sort of here with me. A really obvious thing is comes from an apple tree. The fruit not only shows who you are, but shows what you really are connected to. See that? And obviously, where it's dead and there is no fruit, it really shows what you're connected to. See, fruit's important for a lot of different reasons, not only for you, but for a world that needs to see that there is a new source of life and there is a gardener that will care. But you have to allow yourself to be in that care. Jesus says, abide in me. Stay connected to the source of life. But part of being connected to the vine is that sometimes we'll get pruned. And we don't like that all the time. There, there is an accountability to the Christian life. And you can't get away from that. To produce fruit in keeping with being his disciple, there has to be care in your life. That we allow God to do what is necessary, but not just what is necessary, but what he knows is best for you. John chapter 13. Go, go back a couple chapters from where we're at right now. John chapter 13 and verse 34 and 35. It said, a new commandment, Jesus talking here, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. Watch this in verse 35. And by this, people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Notice at the end of the I am the true vine passage that he says again, the great command that he gives, and this is my commandment, chapter 15 and verse 12, that you love one another as I have loved you. What it's all wrapped up in is beginning to understand love. And you can't talk about love in relation to the kingdom of God enough. 
That Jesus loves you so much that he comes to be the source of life for you and God loves you so much that he'll care for you as the master gardener. But you got to get to the why behind the what so you're not just servants, but you're also friends. And it's wrapped up in love. See that. What is the one great fruit? And there's a lot of different aspects and characteristics that come out and grow from the Christian life. But what is the one main one that they know you are as disciples because of? Love. And it's going to be lost in a lot of different things we look to God for. The main way that they know that you're his disciples is because you grow the fruit of love in your life. Amen. Fruit is important. As a matter of fact, Kelly, if you'll, you'll throw the second slide up for me. A forgiven life is to become a fruitful life. Let me say that again. A forgiven life is to become a fruitful life. A spotless bride is to become a fruitful bride. Now, now listen, I know that the scripture said that when he returns, he, he's coming for a spotless bride. Amen. Now, let me ask you a question. Can you make yourself spotless? No. That is the work of the source of life. That is the work of the gardener. You cannot make yourself spotless. In other words, you can't earn your salvation. You can't earn your forgiveness. You can't earn spotlessness. It's given. It's grace. It's mercy. It's forgiveness. But yet, a forgiven church is called to be a fruitful church, not just spotless, but now something that grows. And again, you can't earn your salvation. Fruit is not about earning your salvation or earning the grace of God. It is given freely as a gift, but then what happens naturally because of a new source and abiding in him and the care of the gardener, something happens. That newness of life begins to grow out of you. Amen. The fruit's important. So what God is after in a reconciled relationship with you is a life that begins to show that you're in, not just, I want to say in relationship, but again, that you're catching his heart. You can't look at this and say, I guess I got to try to be a person of love, and that's hard. <clears throat> that's just being a servant. You know what you're to do, but it's a chore. But when you catch the heart of the Father, you catch the heart of Jesus. And you begin to see the why behind the what. I still know that fruit of love needs to grow, but now I start to see the reason why. And that makes all the difference in the world. Amen. There's a reason why love needs to grow. There's a reason why joy needs to grow. There's a reason why peace needs to grow. 
that you catch the heart of the Father. The forgiven church will want to grow the fruits of our salvation because we're catching his heart. There's a reason why, and Jesus is after it. What I, I love about this, by the way, is that he says something about joy. Chapter 15 and, and verse number 11. He says, these things I've spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be what? Full, complete, not lacking. Let me tell you something. When you begin to understand the source of life that you have in Jesus, and you begin to understand the master gardener is taking care of you, and you start to catch the why behind the what, you'll be joyful. Why? Because you have been taken from something dead and given life. And not only have you been given life, but you're given life in such a way it becomes fruitful. But then you start to catch the heart of the whole point of this whole thing, and you'll see, my goodness, this is the wonderful work of a saving God. And in a new source of life, the, the greatest issue of my life has been taken care of. But beyond that, he is making me into something that is so wonderful, a reflection of his image. That's amazing. But it's not just for me, but for a world that needs him. Amen. That will spark joy in your heart. You have joy in him and, and joy in you that, that is complete and is full and it's not lacking. We need a church that's joyful. We need a church that is joyful. It'll show up in our worship, by the way. Expressions of thanksgiving. But, but a church that goes into the world in the, in the midst of the madness of society and comes with a joyful heart, and that's just, just, just an odd thing in our society today. You know that? It is a different thing in our society today to live joyfully. You know that. It's a result of, of this vine and this gardener at work in your life. But here's the thing I love the most about this. Is that Jesus says when he's talking about this, he says that when these things happen, that God is glorified. When you bear much fruit, when you show yourself to be his disciple, Jesus says that God is glorified in this. Now, now again, I, I, I want that to really settle in on you because that's important. See, talk is cheap. Actions show what you really are. And we're not just looking for short-term fruit, but there's long-term discipleship. In other words, Jesus said fruit that lasts. Fruit that lasts. Now, when Jesus says that, I think everybody focuses on the second part of what he says. When you have fruit that lasts, then the Father will give you whatever you ask in his name. We like that part. He'll give me whatever I ask, and we grab a hold of that. Milkshake. You know, that's what we want, really, right? 
But before you get there, focused on this. Fruitfulness glorifies God. The glorification of God, in other words, it shows his absolute goodness that your life is being changed. It shows the wonder of an amazing Savior that your life is being changed. It shows the wonder of the master gardener who's in care of your life. It honors him. It brings a radiance to him. God delights in this. Do you realize that when, when a fruit of something that's in keeping with discipleship is growing in your life, that delights God? You know that? See, it's not about behavior modification, trying to stop things, but it's about growing new things. That's what it's about. And when you're growing something new in your life and keeping with being a disciple, God delights in that. It's, it's like he's looking down and see Joe. Joe's sitting here. Oh, my goodness, look at Joe. Oh, I, I, I see that, that sprouting. Oh, look at that. Look at that wonderful thing growing in Joe's life. That's amazing because you know what used to be there? The exact opposite. Whether it was death, look at the life happening right in this guy right here. That's amazing. Look what's going on. He delights in it. So how many have a garden? Let me see. How many of you, when the first fruits start to grow, you're like, yeah, there it is. Yes, it's happening. And you know what you do? You post it on Facebook, it's on your social media. You know, it's all out there. I'm growing tomatoes. Look at me. Right? That's what we do. Well, it's like God when fruit is growing in somebody's life that was dead and lost in their sin and separated from him and, and headed to be gathered up and burned. That the person was snatched from the fire and not just given new life, but now all of a sudden growth is happening. He delights in it. And if God had Facebook, he'd be putting you on Facebook. Look, look what's growing in my garden. Snapping pictures. And it brings glory to him in a way that not only has he noticed, but because you can't fake this and eventually you can't hide it, people see it too. And the Bible says, when talking about your witness, Matthew chapter 5, Jesus, light of the world, sitting on a hill. Now watch this. That they may see your good deeds. And glorify your Father in heaven. When other people begin to notice life change because things are growing in you, it glorifies God. See that? There's this wonderful, amazing work, listen, as Jesus said, that you can't do on your own. Can't do it is a testimony that there is a great, wonderful God that can do the impossible. Take dead things and make them alive. Take dead things and make them fruitful. It's a testimony that Jesus is your vine and God is your gardener. So Jesus says, abide in me. In other words, Build a house. Build a shelter. And let's stay together. We'll talk about that next week. 
And then God will come along, as we said, and at times he'll prune you and he'll do things that are necessary to cause growth. We'll talk about that in a couple weeks, what that means. But fruit is important. Are you growing? Simple question. Because here's what I know. If you're not growing, it's dying. If it's not growing, it's dying. Are you growing? Or is it stagnant? Not producing? Not, not going where you know is to go? So I, I want to challenge you today. What is your life showing? Is there evidence of your life? Is there evidence? If somebody was just to check you out and watch you and monitor you and just be around you and the example that you're giving one way or another, is there evidence that he is the gardener of your life or that you're his disciple? That we allow him to do what is necessary to produce fruit. Fruit that lasts. Amen. That's what we're called to do. So you ask, well, I'm saved. What now? Grow fruit. I'm saved. What am I supposed to do? Grow fruit. Can't force it. Can't make it happen. Ah, yes. You got to be with him. Grow fruit. You know, at your job, at your job, your job is the awareness of the calling to show the fruit of discipleship. And by the way, there, there is no one pattern that we all follow. We all grow in different ways, spurts and starts, and, and God deals with us in different ways according to soils of the time of our life and the, and the circumstances that are around us, whether it's a lot of sun and no rain, but too much rain, not enough sun. Everybody's got different situations and circumstances of life, but yet God, the master gardener, knows how to deal with every single situation. We're all going to be different, but he's still going to grow us. You may be going through this that I've never gone through, but I've been through this that you're never going to go through, or maybe we've both been through it together, but God knows how to grow us in this time so we don't die. Put them in your hands. You, you, you say, I'm in a season I just can't grow. I don't believe that. It may not be growing as fast, but you can grow because the master gardener's got you. Amen? So be aware, what are you producing? It's important. Amen. All right, let's, let's, uh, let's close out in prayer today. Oh, Jesus. Lord, I pray that we learn to abide in you. Lord, I pray that, that we become, through the voice and the leading of the Holy Spirit, 
that we become part of the process that, that you are working in us to, to grow, produce, be one in keeping with the name Christian. But I pray, Lord, you simply today, through the conviction of the Holy Spirit, let us know if we're either growing or we're dying. And challenge us to be on track with you. Lord, that you're taking us where you want us to go. Lord, I thank you today for being the source of life. I thank you for our salvation, our forgiveness, Lord. But now we pray that you're the gardener to help us grow. Overcoming what would be considered the long odds of becoming like you. There is no case too difficult, Lord, that you can't help us grow through it. I thank you for your help, for your mercy and your grace. I thank you, Lord, that you haven't left us be, but change is happening. Lord, it's for your glory. It's for your glory. And all that we do, Lord, is to worship to you. It's for your glory. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Now, before you leave, I know you may have to do it a couple chairs. Ask the person close to you if they need prayer about anything this morning. Go ahead and ask them right now. Turn around, look around, grab your neighbor. Ask them, do you need prayer this morning about anything? And if they say yes, then say, I'd love to pray for you. Then do it, okay? And take a moment and pray with those in need. And then uh, we will see you Wednesday night. Still in the book of Proverbs next week. Continue in the vine and the branches. Bring somebody out to church next week. Be blessed. Live streamers, we'll see you. Have a very good week.